Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to episode 45 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, trivia, and everything related to Pokemon. I hope you are having a great day. Uh, it is the day before Thanksgiving for me and the day that this episode gets released. So if you are in the U.S. Uh, and you celebrate this sort of thing, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you're having a great uh, Thanksgiving break for all you in school. I know I am. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, it's not really much of a break for me because I had to go through the stress of getting home, flying a pl flying on a plane, uh, you know, and I and even then I still have so many finals to do, so many, so much work to do, uh, taking the time out of my out of my my precious break. But uh, I will have lots of time to uh, relax after break is over, <laughs> you know, after finals, like early December, I'll be done with everything. So hopefully that'll give me some more time to uh, play some games, relax have some good time and, and maybe put a little bit more uh, work and, you know, uh, have some fun things to talk about uh, for this podcast. Um, and, you know, I guess if you've noticed already, things might sound a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to say this every time that I change rooms, but, uh, you know, for the time being, I am at home. I am in a different different recording place uh, all the way down in a, in a different state. Uh, so, you know, the room is smaller, maybe a little bit less echoey than my last location. Uh, so your ears will thank me for that. Um, but even then, I mean, uh, things shouldn't be too different. You know, uh, the, my, my situation hasn't really changed. I'm going to have a lot of free time. So nothing should really change, uh, for this podcast necessarily quality wise, but I'm just letting you know in case anything does happen. So, uh, things are happening in the world of Pokemon right now. Um, apologies for lying to you, to your face. Uh, last episode, I did say that I was going to, uh, talk about Pokemon XD. Well, I said, you know, maybe, uh, if I had free time and wouldn't you know it, I didn't have any free time. Uh, I totally, like, I didn't even think about the fact that I would be leaving for two months, you know, away from my computer. Um, so, uh, I didn't, and because of finals leading up to this, I didn't have any time to finish streaming Pokemon XD, uh, and I'm not going to for like two months. So, uh, <laughs> you know, last week I think I was like, oh, you know, it won't be, Pokemon XD won't be happening, uh, or it, it might, it'll be happening next episode. And if it doesn't, it'll be the episode after that, uh, change of plans. I'm not going to be able to talk about Pokemon XD until like two months from now when I get back to college. Um, back to a different state. So you'll have to forgive me for that. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk about it as soon as possible. Maybe, you know, I'm thinking about playing some other Pokemon games, games that I haven't played before. Uh, so you might get a new taste of some, some obscure games that I haven't, you know, really talked about very much in this podcast in the upcoming episodes up until then. But, uh, if you were really excited about me talking about Pokemon XD, I am sorry. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, hopefully uh, I can do it as soon as I can when I get back to college. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, we are getting up there in episodes, episode 45, almost the two-year anniversary, you know, of course, episode 50, or uh, 51, something like that, I think, will be the um, the uh, the two-year anniversary of this podcast, and I'm very excited about that. Um, I have had a lot of fun doing this podcast so far, and I hope that everyone who has been listening has had a lot of fun as well, uh, you know, sort of started as just like an idea I sat down one day and like, hey, I'm going to start a Pokemon podcast and boom, look at where we are. Episode 45, two years later, almost two years later. Uh, never thought I would get this far, but I am happy to be here. 
And finally, uh, this episode is going to be a doozy of an episode. Uh, we have like two very big things to talk about and then sort of a I'm tempted to say controversial topic. I don't really like throwing that word around because I don't necessarily think it's extremely controversial, but uh, it might be uh, depending on your view of the situation. Um, and, you know, it's not going to be anything like bad, but, uh, you know, just sort of a warning there. Uh, we'll get into that later. Before then, we have some pretty big things to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about some news first. Of course, there was um, not one, but two uh, community days that happened over the course of uh, these last few weeks in November. There was a Electabuzz Community Day on November 15th and a Magmar Community Day on October 20 or October on November 21st. Uh, and actually, uh, they had, you know, they could be shiny, of course, and they had swapped moves. Magmortar could have Thunderbolt and Electabuzz could have Flamethrower. Uh, I didn't get to participate because of finals. I hope that's understandable. Uh, but I hope everyone who went out and um, got some Electabuzz and Magmar got their shinies. I saw a lot of it on Twitter. For some reason, this is a very, very popular community day uh, over on Twitter, and I guess just in general, um, which makes me happy. There are some new shirts coming to, let me find the post. Uh, there's some new shirts in that same sort of, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, original Stitch. New shirts being released in Original Stitch. These shirts come in four different designs based focus on Pokemon uh, in the upcoming movie, Pokemon Secrets of the Jungle, and feature Shiny Celebi, Zerud, Cramorant, and Squovit. They are only available until February 28th, 2021. Original Stitch has also kindly given us the code Cerebi for use of free delivery on the shirts. Wow. Well, would you look at that? Cerebi getting some promotion there. Uh, so if you want to, this is coming from Cerebi, by the way, pretty much reading it right off of Cerebi, if you couldn't tell. Um, you can also get, uh, starting today, the Pokemon shirts are also selling Pokemon themed bandanas, which you can theme one with one of the first 151 Pokemon. So if you're interested in original stitches shirts, uh, you can go over to original stitch and use the code Cerebi for free delivery of the shirts. I might take their, that, that offer because that is very, very cool. Original stitch has some great, uh, designs. And finally, uh, not going to really focus on some of the smaller things today, really just going in big with these uh, with with the larger things, because we got some we got some doozies to talk about today. Um, Pokemon Go is getting a little bit of an overhaul, it seems uh, with Pokemon like or it's like go beyond. Um, there's like I don't think if that's necessary, I don't think that's necessarily the name or they're not changing the name to like go beyond or whatever, but they're doing like a promotional thing called Go Beyond, where they're changing the way that a lot of things in Pokemon Go work. Uh, first of all, there are seasons. Pokemon Go is getting seasons. Um, let's see. Niantic have announced a huge, has announced a huge change of Pokemon Go. Starting December 1st, the game will run in three-month seasons. The seasons will mirror the real-life seasons as well as other features and feature changes in spawns, eggs, and raids depending on the seasons. Deerling will also change to different forms depending on the hemisphere in game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the hemispheres will factor in when it's winter in the northern hemisphere. Winter themed Pokemon will appear while in summer. More summer focused Pokemon, summer focused Pokemon like Daramaka and Burmy will appear, uh, will appear. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so yeah, they're sort of bringing in, uh, seasons, you know, Pokemon themed around the, the, the spawns, the raids, the, uh, the eggs hatching will be sort of season based. I think there was already some like, you know, 
uh, like ice Pokemon would spawn in the winter around winter time, but there was never anything really official with it. Uh, now it seems like they're really bringing in some, some actual things, some actual seasons and a lot of changes to, to things that sort of happen, um, around in Pokemon go. The second big sort of like triad of updates coming to Pokemon go is that, uh, on December 2nd, Chespin, Quilladin, Chestnut, Fennekin, you know, the Fennekin line, the Froakie line, uh, Bunnelby, Diggersby, Fletchling, Fletchinder, Talonflame, and for some reason, Litleon, Pyroar, um, are coming to Pokemon Go. Clefkey will also be added, but exclusive to areas of France. Um, so, yes, the, um, the Kalos Pokemon are finally here, finally coming to Pokemon Go after Thanksgiving, December 2nd. Uh, Kalos is, is coming out. I'm very, very excited about that. Well, we only got two generations left after Kalos, so they're definitely going to be catching up sometime soon uh, in the next coming years, I suppose. But get hyped for that. And finally, the last big thing coming to Pokemon Go is going beyond sort of, you know, that whole shtick they're going with go beyond. They are going beyond level 40. Finally. God, I'm pretty sure level 40 has been like the cap since the game came out. Um, and, uh, but they're doing something very special with these, with these, with these levels. They're sort of highlighting the main parts of, of Pokemon go and putting them into 10 level sort of tiers that really test your skills when it comes to Pokemon go. Um, like for example, level 41, you need to, you'll be expected to catch a high number of Pokemon in a single day in order to reach level 41. Level 42, from evolving Eevee into each of its available evolutions to using certain evolution items on specific Pokemon, reaching level 42 will test your knowledge of Pokemon evolutions. Um, you'll also need to have earned a certain number of Pokemon of, of platinum medals before you advance to level 43. Battling are the trainers has been a fundamental in Pokemon RPG since the beginning but it's still a relatively new to Pokemon Go. Have you been developing your skills in battle? You'll have to if you want to reach level 44. You know, they're sort of doing this, like, this state, the 10 staples of Pokemon, almost like the 12 days of Christmas, uh, but with, with levels in Pokemon Go. So it's, it's a very cool, like, tier system, and I almost wish that they did this from the beginning. That would be really cool. Um, but for it's sort of like 10 challenges if you really, really want to show that you are dedicated to this game. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but let for for example, level 50. Oh boy, this is it. This is the home stretch. To reach the highest level available in Pokemon Go, you must master all aspects of the game. Some examples include making excellent throws, catching legendary Pokemon, defeating Team Go Rocket leaders with Pokemon under 1500 CP. Uh, so you can tell this would be the ultimate test of whether you're ready to stand among the most accomplished trainers in Pokemon Go. And of course, you might find yourself with a surprise avatar item in the end. Who knows what that could be? I don't think anyone has done it so far, or if this is even out. Uh, I don't think this is out yet. If you reach level 40 before the end of the year, you'll get a Legacy 40 medal. And timed research that gives a Gyarados hat and to help boost double catch experience will be live uh, tonight until December 31st. So that's, you know, obviously that was like the 18th of November. I think this happened. Um, but so if you want to reach level 40, this is kind of your last chance to do so uh, with getting the benefits. I mean, you can still reach level 40 after after the time it's not like they're just going to pause your xp um but if you want that legacy 40 medal then you're gonna have to go out there and you know 
uh, play some Pokemon Go, get to level 40. So yeah, some some big changes coming to Pokemon Go, new ways of leveling up, new ways of catching Pokemon, and of course, Kalos is coming. This is like one of the biggest updates to Pokemon Go in a very, very, very long time, and I am seriously looking forward to it. It's always nice when we get these these huge updates, lots of new content, new, you know, 10 new levels, new Pokemon, new ways of, of Pokemon spawning. People wanted more Pokemon Go, Go content for Christmas, and Niantic is giving us exactly what we wanted. Uh, so because today's topics are sort of double doubled up, uh, we sort of have two large things to talk about today. Uh, if you haven't guessed it already, one of those things is Twilight Wings Episode 8. Finally, I can talk about Twilight Wings Episode 8. been waiting for so long, and I have so many things to say about it. But until then, um, I am going to do things a little differently. I'm going to do Random Pokemon of the Week now. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I normally do Random Pokemon of the Week before the main topic. But like I said, because we sort of have two, I am going to do Random Pokemon of the Week now and then uh, talk about Twilight Wings after that, and then uh, I'm going to do Move Tutor, and then I'm going to talk about the big other thing that I'd like to talk about today. So, uh, welcome to everyone's favorite segment where we talk about a random Pokemon every episode. Uh, random Pokemon of the Week, almost said Move Tutor. Uh, today's Pokemon on the chopping block is number 797. It's a big one. It's a recent one. Um, can you guess what it is? I'll give y'all a second to, to think about it, maybe do some, some theory crafting. What Pokemon could number 797 could be? It is Celesteela. <laughs> Celesteela is a steel flying Pokemon introduced in Generation 7. Uh, it is not known to evolve into or from any other Pokemon, and it is one of the Ultra Beasts, and is known by the codename UB04 Blaster. I don't think we've ever had an Ultra Beast on uh, on Random Pokemon of the Week yet, so this is exciting. This is the first time we can really talk about an Ultra Beast. Um, Celestula is the launch Pokemon. It is Steel Flying, like I said. Its only ability is Beast Boost, like every other uh, Ultra Beast in the game. It is genderless. Um, it is 30 feet tall, 30 feet and 2 inches, or 9.2 meters. Good lord. Massive Pokemon. Uh, and it is 2,204.4 pounds or literally like 999.9 kilograms. Not sure why it's not just a thousand. Anyway, let's look at some trivia for Celestila. Celestila, going all the way down to the bottom. Ah, okay. I see now why uh, Celestila is not 1,000 kilograms. And that is because... Um, Celestial is tied with Cosmoem as the heaviest Pokemon. And I think that's because uh, they can't necessarily fit 1,000 kilograms maybe in the game or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe like 999.9 seems to be the limit. I didn't think that it was the heaviest Pokemon. Um, but I mean, hey, it's it's close to it. <laughs> it was, it's, it's like, you know, it is the heaviest Pokemon. Um, as well as Cosmoem. So maybe that's why, you know, they don't want to go over 999.9 kilograms. Almost completely outclass, almost, almost there, almost tied with by three Pokemon is Primal Groudon at 999.7 kilograms. 0.2 kilograms from being the, like tied with the heaviest Pokemon with Celestia and Cosmoem. Needs to eat a few more uh, Pokesnacks if he wants to get up there. 
anyway, this is not about uh, Primal Gradon. This is about Celestila. Celestila doesn't really have any other trivia. I mean, it does. It says, in Pokemon Sun and Moon, Celestila has a catch rate of 24 and a base experience yield of 114. I guess it's just because, like, you can't get it in that game. So it's like, I, I'm not really sure why that's trivia. Like, it's, yeah, like, its catch rate is less. It's Instead of 45, it's at 25. So I guess it's a little bit harder to catch. But, like, why? You can't get it in that game, right? Like, that's not, you can't get Ultra Beast in Sun and Moon. I suppose that's where, you know, the trivia aspect of it comes from, but sort of a, a weird uh, thing to include there. Let's look at some Pokedex entries for this thing. Very interesting Pokemon. I don't really have a chance to talk about it yet. Like, <laughs> obviously, it's based on the, um, you know, sort of the, uh, yeah, Princess Kaguya from the Tale of the Bamboo Cutter. It's sort of based on a rocket ship and also bamboo. Very weird looking Pokemon. I mean, I've always really liked Celestila. I think it's a sick Pokemon, but like, it's weird. It's a bamboo rocket ship and also a girl, which I can appreciate. Its design is certainly like no other, uh, but you have to you have to admit it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Just like all the other Ultra Beasts, it's very out there in design. Um, but and I would I would argue it's almost one of the most out there Pokemon. Um, but I like it a lot. Uh, it says it appeared from the Ultra Wormhole. Witnesses observed it flying across the sky at a high speed. Uh, one of a kind of Ultra Beast. Witnesses have seen it burn down a forest from expelling gas from its two arms. Also, I was t totally wrong. I don't know why I said that you can't get it in in Sun and Moon. You definitely can get it in Sun and Moon. Did they just, like, did they just change its catch rate and, and XP? Like, give out from, from Sun and Moon to Ultra Sun and Moon? I guess. I, this, I, I don't know. I'm going to stop thinking about that because I'm confused, but... <laughs> Anyway, let's continue. Uh, that Those are the Sun and Moon entries. In Ultra Sun and Moon, it says, One of the dangerous UBs. High energy readings can be detected coming from both of its huge arms. Uh, although it's alien to this world and a danger here, it's apparently a common organism in the world where it normally lives. That is common? You go to its, go to the Ultra ultra space and just see this a bunch of these things flying around? I mean... Kind of sounds like heaven to me. Okay, anyway. Sorry, everyone knows that uh, Celestia is top-tier wife material. But let's go on to its shiny form so we can stop talking about this. Uh, Celestia is a pretty... It's got a pretty good shiny. It just sort of gets lighter. Uh, a lot, Like, the sort of keeps that green color scheme where like the, the green sort of going down gets lighter as it goes, but the darkest color green is replaced by a white. So it almost gets darker as it goes, I guess it's in, in its, uh, in its shiny form. Switching these sort of color schemes. Um, I gotta say it's pretty cool. It's, it's a pretty good shiny. I wish it was a little bit different. I mean, it's just sort of white as opposed to green. That's like literally the only thing about it. But I gotta say it does look good. I like the, um, I like the sort of, uh, I like the color scheme that it's got going on compared to its original. I'm gonna say, um, seven out of 10. It's pretty good. It's pretty okay. I mean, it's not fantastic, but you know, like I said, it's got, a, it's got some things going for it. 
Now, with the uh, inclusion of talking about an Ultra Beast, we can finally talk about a Pokemon that is good <laughs> competitively. Um, and Celesteela is certainly good competitively. Um, Celesteela is in the OU tier, uh, which is the highest as uh, under Ubers, um, which is OU is the most popular um, category, if you are unaware of, of, how, of how Pokemon competitive battling works. Um, and with stats like this, 97 in HP, 101 attack, 103 defense, 107 special attack, 101 special defense, and only a 61 speed, uh, it's hard to argue against it being OU. This entry is written by P2. Celesteela is a solid defensive Pokemon in a tier, in the tier, with a fantastic typing, well-rounded stats, and a large move pool. Steel flying typing, along with massive bulk, allows Celesteela, Celesteela to check many threats in the tier, such as Tapu Lele, Mega Diancie, Mega Alakazam, Mega Latios, just all the Megas, uh, Garchomp, Tapu Bulu, and Landorus. Oh, Landorus. <laughs> good lord, you know a Pokemon's good when it can check Landorus. Even though Celesteela lacks reliable recovery, access to Leech allows it to sustain itself against non-grass types. Celesteela struggles with the high usage of Zapdos, which shuts down all sets and PP stalls Leech Seed easily. On top of this, many Pokemon Celesteela is supposed to beat are constantly adapting to its presence and running Z-moves in order to remove it or drastically weaken it. With examples being Fighting MC on Tapu Lele. This is from Sun and Moon, by the way. Um, it's not really... doesn't really have any sets that are, like, you know, uh, extremely popular in... Sword and Shield, though it is used in Sword and Shield, and is uh, it is actually a UU in Sword and Shield. Um, but Sun and Moon is a little bit more, you know, well known uh, for the time being. You know, this could be outdated in a couple of months, but for the time being, I'm just going to talk about the Sun and Moon set because it is the most um, defined as opposed to its um, Sun and Moon or Sword and Shield counterpart. Uh, it is a defensive set, Leech Seed, Protect. Heavy Slam, and Flamethrower, with Leftovers as its item, Beast Boost, of course, as its ability, which raises uh, the Pokemon's highest stat if it KOs another Pokemon, which in this case is Special Attack. Um, Sassy as its nature, which is plus Special Defense minus Speed. Get that Special Defense up. It is a defensive Pokemon, after all. 248 HP, 28 defense, and 232 special defense EVs. Uh, I'm not going to go through the other thing, like all of the, all of the, 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 you know, the sort of descriptions about how to use this Pokemon uh, because it's very long and it would take a long time to, to talk about this. But if you're interested in using Celesteela and looking at the more defined things about this set, which is the only set on Smogon as of now, well, in OU, I mean, there's a, uh, there's a few, like, anything goes. There's a few. There's an Uber set, which is crazy. I mean, like, it could be used in Ubers pretty well. It's That's just how good it is. Um, but OU, of course, is the most common and the most um, well-rounded set, in my opinion. Um, and if you want to take a look at it, want to read through it, it's a, it's a very common Pokemon anyway. So if you are interested in Pokemon competitive battling and like Celesteela, uh, it might benefit you to look into this set and consider using it on a team. All right, now is the time that everyone has been waiting for. I am so very excited to talk about Twilight Wings, Episode 8, Gathering of the Stars. Um, 
as you know, Twilight Wings sort of ended after episode seven and people liked it so much that they decided to bring it back, which thank God. Thank you, Pokemon, I suppose, um, for listening to our cries that we want more Twilight Wings, especially me, uh, because good Lord, Twilight Wings is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, the first seven episodes were really, really, really good. If you listen to any of my other episodes where I talked about them, you know how much I gushed about this, uh, about this anime. Um, and looky here, we got more. I don't know if they're going to continue. Um, I assume that we're going to get more. I don't really know if this is just like a one-time thing or if, uh, if, if they're going to do more episodes after eight, uh, I sure hope they do, but, um, Nothing really like story related seemed to, uh, you know, really took place this episode. It's not necessarily something that I can talk about in depth. Um, but of course I can gush about it, which if you know me and you know this podcast, I will do just that. Uh, so like we got a look into the Isle of Armor in this episode. We got a look into the Crown Tundra in this episode, um, sort of just a culmination of the last two DLCs that have come out. Um, not too much. I mean, just sort of characters that appeared in it, you know, sort of took place in this episode. Um, first of all, that showed uh, we got a little bit of a cameo from Avery and Clara in the beginning of the episode, which is very nice. Uh, it's good to see those two again after playing through the Isle of Armor. I guess just Clara for me. I didn't actually play uh, the shield version of Isle of Armor, so I didn't get to in, you know interact with Avery at all. But uh, he's there. He's a thing, and I'm happy about it. Um, we got to see Mustard uh, and, of course, you know, Honey. Uh, but she, I don't think she had any lines of dialogue. And if you know, if you uh, if you are aware of, you know people on the internet, you might recognize that the voice of Mustard was uh, Pro ZD, a very, very talented uh, and well-known voice actor who <laughs> I believe started on Vine. Uh, it, like, if you don't know who I'm talking about, look up, look up uh, his name, Pro ZD. I'm almost certain that you know this person and that you just, you know, that you've seen his lines or his videos or whatever. He's so funny, so very talented in what he does. Um, he voiced a lot of uh, well-known characters from a lot of different things like the new Yakuza game uh, and Mustard from uh, Pokemon, I guess, in this, new in this episode of Twilight Wings. Um, very great job as, uh, as, as the role of Mustard. So once again, I would like to talk about the fact that the fighting in the Pokemon uh, Twilight Wings anime is just absolutely amazing. Um, you know, sort of the last episode had that big fight scene that I and many other people gushed over. Uh, and even then again today in, in the, in episode eight, there was a little montage of, or a little scene where Mustard's Man Chow and Leon's Charizard fought each other. And it was just, it was like, it was only like 10 seconds long and I still love it. Uh, I really, really like seeing fights, uh, between Pokemon, like animated output of inofficial sources, because it's just like, you know, we don't really see all that much. We see like turn-based combat and that's it. Uh, and then like, it, you know, it's sort of just like monotonous uh, at, at times. So seeing like actual fights and like strategies put into play, you know, obviously it's not that deep when they're just like fighting each other, but like still it's, it's really cool. It's something I really appreciate about the animes uh, and about the sort of, um, 
you know, about the, um, about, about Twilight Wings in particular, really, really good display of, of the fighting and the way that Pokemon move in battles. Uh, it's, it's, it makes me very happy to see it. All right. And then, uh, the last, you know, little bit of this, of this, uh, of the, this Twilight Wings episode was focused around a montage showing the gym leaders, uh, all sort of getting this letter from Leon who, uh, you know, wants to bring everybody in for the, for the, for the Galar star tournament. And, um, you know, sort of show, like, sort of like the last episode of Twilight Wings. It's it showed, you know, like all of the gym leaders doing their thing, getting the letters, almost like a, like a smash brothers, you know, sort of like invitation. Um, I'm sure that there's some people who are going to do that. Um, but, you know, uh, nothing really too big uh, to touch on, except for uh, the, the one little detail that I saw was that on Opal's desk, when um, when she was looking at the at the invitation, there was a there was a lead card of uh, of young mustard, which, of course, is mustard's rare lead card and sword and shield. Um, but it's it's funny to see, you know, her that on her desk, because, of course, she is the oldest of the of the gym leaders. Mustard still still looking as, you know, <laughs> menacing as ever in his rare league card, his lightning bolt, spiky eyebrows and manly chest hair looking as as fierce as ever. Anyway, though, uh, after after that uh, little montage of all of the trainers and a little snippet of uh, of a, you know, scene from the crown tundra of what I can only assume is supposed to be the player character because we saw them from the first person or like a secret character i'm not really sure who but they did have a rotom phone uh and they were you know sort of they were on the train in the crown tundra interacting with nia and peony who i can only so i can only assume that this is the player character um and then at the end there is a meetup of everybody you know in the in the ring uh, all the people are watching on the TV. Leon gives like his great speech, and then the and then the the person that we've been seeing from the first person walks up to Leon, who you know looks over at them and smiles. So I think that that's sort of alluding to the player character and sort of as what I can assume tying everything into the games um, with Twilight Wings. And um, just my my favorite thing about this about this episode and just Twilight Wings in general is the the cameos of Pokemon. And like, I love pausing the episode where like, you know, all the Pokemon were showing up in the, um, you know, in the ceremonies before the episode, before the, before the, uh, Leon, you know, giving his great speech, all the Pokemon interacting with the trainers, doing things, you know, there was an Arctozolt that sneezed. There was a Cinderace shooting a firework ball into the sky. It was just absolutely very, so endearing to see all of these wonderful Pokemon getting little, little snippets of, you know, personality given to them in this, in this episode. And like, that's what I love the most about Twilight Wings and why I think it was so successful. Focusing so much on the, on the world and the characters and the, the personalities that they have and how wonderful they are. And thinking about it, like watching this episode genuinely made me tear up just because of how much it, how happy it made me. And I know that's a little sappy, but hopefully Pokemon brings that same uh, feeling to you and and Twilight Wings, hopefully. And I think that's the reason why people like Twilight Wings so much. I mean, it's a you know, it's a beautifully done anime, but it really for something about it just really makes me appreciate the world and the characters and and the work that goes into making this, this wonderful world and, and the little snippets of, of Easter eggs and detail that that Twilight Wings has. And episode eight was not 
shy um, of all of these amazing little details and, and fun things they added. Um, and if I can only assume that this is the last episode, a great finishing, you know, sort of special edition uh, that ties everything into the main game. All right. Uh, so before we talk about the final thing I'd like to do today, let's go over everybody's favorite segment where we talk about a random move every episode. And today's move is number 202, Giga Drain. Uh, Giga Drain is a damage dealing grass type move introduced in Generation 2. Giga Drain is the strongest in a line of three grass type HP draining attacks, the other being Absorb and Mega Drain. It was TM19 from Generation 2 to Generation 4, and it regained TM status in Generation 8, albeit as TM28. So, uh, Giga Drain is a special type move, or a special category move, a grass type move. Um, PP of 10, power of 75, and an accuracy of 100%. Oh my goodness gracious, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> lot of things about this move. Uh, in Generation 2, Giga Drain inflicts damage and up to 50% of the damage dealt to the target is restored to the user as HP. If, that's, if this attack deals 1 HP of damage, 1 HP will be restored to the user. Uh, the base PP of Giga Drain is 5 in this generation and its base power is 60%. Giga Drain will always fail against the substitute. Um, in Generation 3, Giga Drain can now hit a substitute that will, and will properly heal the user when damaging a substitute. When used on a Pokemon with the Liquid Ooze ability, the player, the user will lose the amount of HP it would have gained instead. Giga Drain, okay, I'm not going to talk about contest stuff. In Generation 4, Giga Drain's base PP was raised to 10. If the user is holding a big root, the HP restored is increased by 30%, making the HP 65% of the damage dealt. Big root does not increase the damage dealt. Uh, in Generation 5, Giga Drain's base power was increased from 60 to 75, and in Generation 6, Giga Drain cannot be used if the user is under the effects of Heal Block. So it sort of just improved it over time, <laughs> you know, um, fixing some bugs, making sure that it worked correctly, uh, adding new sort of, um, you know, interactions with abilities and um, items, things like that. Nothing really super special. Um... Descriptions, half of the HP drained from the target is, is added to the attacker's HP. Uh, that was in Stadium 2, and Gold Silver steals one half of the damage inflicted. And it pretty much just went all the way, oh my god, and... I mean, that was all the way until Diamond and Pearl, when it got a complete overhaul, and the... and continued to be the exact same um, entry for the description for every game afterwards. A nutrient-draining attack. The user's HP is restored by half the damage taken by the target. So interesting. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about the more obscure things on this podcast, and I think that's okay. No trivia. No really, like, I mean, like, nothing else. It's just, I mean, it does what it says. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of examples of it being used in the anime and in the manga and in spin-off games and but that's that's it i mean you know it heals you it's as simple as that it's the best version of like the absorb moves and not really much else to say 
All right. With our two segments done and uh, Twilight Wings episode eight talked about, I would like to say one quick uh, thing about um, something that I've been talking, something that that's been happening in this episode so far. Uh, I apologize if in the beginning of the episode I was a little quiet, a little bit monotonous. Um, because I am living in a very, very small apartment, um, with my parents for the holidays. And because of that, I have not really had a lot of time to be alone. Uh, you know, like they can hear me from pretty much any location in the house and I don't want to bother them with my incessant rambling about Pokemon. So, uh, I was sort of being a little quiet in the beginning of the episode, but now uh, they are gone. I have a little bit of time to really go off and be my normal, loud, <laughs> uh, talkative self. Um, so, you know, the rest of this episode should be talking, talking, talking as I normally do. But th that might be a common theme in the next few episodes of EvoCast because this apartment is so small. There's like sound travels everywhere in this house. So, you know, I, I like to keep it a little quiet when they're home, when my parents are home and, you know, they're doing stuff. I don't want to bother them too much. Um, but now I have the opportunity to not, I, I'm not restricted by that. Um, so with that said, let's get on to, um, something that I'd like to discuss a little bit today is, um, a while ago I had an episode of, of EvoCast where I talked about the negativity surrounding Pokemon Sword and Shield and the, the naysayers about the, um, you know, the, the, the bad things about Pokemon Sword and Shield and Nintendo's like lack of care towards the games and the franchise in general. And I think that I, um, I, I think that that episode is not very good. Uh, I don't think the discussion that I talked about is very, I didn't do it very well. Um, there are some things that I do still agree with that some people were being a little bit over judgy about some certain things, but uh, I would like to reiterate a little bit about uh, my opinion on that and the negativity towards the franchise in general. Um, because I, like I said, I sort of dislike the way that I went about that episode and well about, about that discussion. And I'd like to sort of expand on it and give a little bit more of an updated and maybe a little bit better of an explanation and a better, better talk about my feelings towards that topic. Um, I watched a video um, by Davo underscore on YouTube called uh, Pokemon's Decline, Same As It Ever Was. And that video in general uh, really made me want to talk about uh, this topic again. Because in that episode, or in that video, Davo talked about the decline of Pokemon and the... Uh, about how it has been a very slow, not even necessarily decline, even though, you know, as opposed to the, the what the episode suggests or what the title of the episode suggests. Um, but more so that Pokemon Sword and Shield, Pokemon Sun and Moon are and, and, and some most of the games prior to that have been the the outcome where Pokemon does not take risks and they do not care about, um, you know, the, the sort of the expansion, not that I don't care about the franchise, but they don't care about the expansion of the formula and changing things up that Pokemon sword and shield sun and moon all the way back to around X and Y. I think it's probably the best example, uh, maybe a little bit of black and white, um, that, 
they stopped changing things and just went with the same formula as always. You know, obviously giving a new story, giving a new region, a new sort of skin onto the basic Pokemon formula of turn-based combat, you know, defeating the eight gym, gym leaders, becoming the champion, stopping the evil team, blah, blah, blah. If you want a, a much more um, in-depth discussion about this topic, I would very, very much recommend um, Davo's video. Same as it ever was. Uh, and I want to just sort of give some solace about that topic. Because I know that uh, being me, you know that I am very positive when it comes to Pokemon. And I dis I dislike thinking about the negativity surrounding Pokemon. Uh, it is a very, very large comfort and, uh, you know, sort of franchise and games. Uh, and they've sort of shaped my entire experience as I was growing up because, you know, I started early with Pokemon and I have been loving it ever, ever since. I mean, you know, is which is evident by the fact that I have 50, uh, 45 episodes of a podcast where I literally just talk about Pokemon. Um, and I want to sort of give my own opinion and sympathize with the people who are upset by this. And, you know, not not the video. The video is a great absolutely fantastic discussion about the reality of the situation with Game Freak and Pokemon, um, how they, how they, you know, how they deal with, with the game and how they deal with, um, Pokemon in general. Uh, but I, um, you know, I, I want to, I want to have this, this discussion be a, giving solace and giving, you know, being a little bit more positive in the light of the reality of the situation. Um, I want to start this off by saying that I personally, I trust Pokemon. And I know that's a big <laughs> sort of, it's a little bit upsetting, but it's sort of a big claim that I trust that Pokemon will do better because they haven't shown really any evidence of that being the case in the past couple of years. Um, and I, I do want to preface and say that I don't think that people are wrong to believe this. I don't, I, I, this is not a, um, this is an argument against the video or about in, in defense of Pokemon. I think that this is still very much accepting the fact that what Davos said is, um, very true. And, and, it, you know, the, the argument that people make that Pokemon is on a slow decline is true. And I do agree with it. Uh, and, but I know it's an over talked about topic, but um, I really want to shed some light on the situation and talk about more of the things that Pokemon has done right. And in defense of the people who, like me, really, really enjoy the franchise and are upset by this, you know, upset by the reality of the situation. Um, it's understandable if you don't if you don't trust Pokemon. And, you know, like I said, it's completely it's completely in a in a valid mindset to think that okay pokemon is probably never going to change they're just going to keep releasing these same games that are sort of just skins of of you know the formula the basic formula with a few you know with with bumped up graphics and some new characters and story and some new pokemon um it's it's totally it's totally valid uh judging by the trend that pokemon has gone with in the past few years like i said um but honestly I have a gut feeling <laughs> and I don't know if it's true. I don't know if, you know, it's, I'm still sort of weary on it myself. 
I have this feeling that they are going to deliver something fantastic. Um, that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and Pokemon Sword and Shield is our tests for the Switch's hardware. The you know the um, a test on the, the the you know the home console formula and the more open world style for Sword and Shield with the wild area. Um, not that I think that's a very good uh, way to go about it, but I think that they are looking into how they can improve the franchise. Um, this is just sort of a gut feeling and also very biased about what I would like from Pokemon. Um, and, and also maybe just a, hey, what if this is the situation kind of conversation? Um, you know, what if this Sword and Shield is just a test? What, you know, what if they are waiting until after sort to see how sword and shield does and waiting to release the open world pokemon game that we've been waiting for all of these years or even the Sinnoh remakes that we've been looking forward to all of these years that are going to be fantastic with new changes homages to the original games you know um new risks taken and so many amazing graphics, amazing new Pokemon, overhauled animations, you know, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but what if, you know, uh, and that sort of brings me into my main sort of feel that I want to talk, that I want to, to exemplify in this, in this discussion is the ideas and the hopes that people have for Pokemon, I think are the things that keep the community going and why I love this franchise and this community so much. I think that the the hope, <laughs> uh, which is, of course, a dwindling sort of, uh, you know, and a very fragile hope to go on, um, is the reason why I love Pokemon so very much. The, the potential that Pokemon has and the you know, even then, I mean, the, 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 how far Pokemon has already come is such a massive, uh, positive when it comes to why I love this game so much. I mean, look at, you know, in defense of the fact that Pokemon has never changed and that it's, they're just sort of riding the formula and riding how popular it can be despite not putting any effort into it. They being the Pokemon company, of course, um, I, it's great, you know, like they are, they did something right in the very beginning and turn-based combat, you know, it's, it's a very, very good example of turn-based combat. The, the, the Pokemon designs, the, the, the story elements, um, you know, this, the sort of adventure, the concept of Pokemon and how strong it is, is such a solid formula that I think that we can appreciate the, how well it's done so far with how many reskins it has. You know, I think that there is something to be said about what, um, you know, that, that, oh, they're just reskinning it. But what they are, I think we should be thankful that what they are reskinning is such a great concept and is so very successful after all of these years and all of these, these reskins of, of, of past Pokemon games, which is of course being very, very critical um, of the Pokemon of Pokemon, which I do think it deserves. I think that over the course of these, these many, many years, it has not done very, they have not very done very much at all to change what they've done right in the beginning, um, to the chagrin of, you know, 99% of the community, um, including me. 
And like I said, I think there's something to appreciate with um, just how strong the original concept can be. And I think that there's something to be said about the thought that even if Pokemon won't change, even if Pokemon don't take any risks, there are so many reasons why it can be loved even with that. Obviously, this whole point is moot if Pokemon does take risks, something that I and, again, 99% of the community is hoping for, that they take some risks, change some things, try something new, really go overboard with the quality of these games. But looking at a worst-case scenario where Pokemon never changes, there's, I still believe, I'm a firm believer that there is so much to be loved about this franchise that almost makes it okay. Obviously, it's not okay that this that they are so dead set on keeping things the same and that we might... The, 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 the grim reality is that we might not get anything as good as some of the older games and that, um, you know, it, they're just going to sort of be copying the same thing over and over again. But what we have right now, the art, the designs of the Pokemon, the battling system, the, the the quality of the visuals, you know, obviously that's a whole nother conversation in itself, and especially so the community, the art that people make, the fan games that people make, the hopes, the ideas that people have of what can make Pokemon such so much better. And, you know, the, the fan games that come from these hopes, even if they are taken down eventually, Temtem, Pokemon Uranium, all of these fantastic ideas of, hey, what if Pokemon was actually kind of good? Uh, you know, uh, what, if, what if they listened to us and really, really gave us what we wanted? Um, is, I think, something to appreciate and something that can be taken at, you know, sort of taken at heart value and made as an argument to appreciate what we have so far and and how much we love this franchise and how many people it has made happy including myself and including hopefully many of of my listeners and again i'm not trying to say that it's okay that this has been happening that pokemon is excused from the unfortunate reality that we have set that they have set for themselves but like I said, I think that there is some solace in the amount of things that we have so far that the com this amazing community that we have, so many content creators, so many fan games, so much art, so many theories, you know, um, ideas on how to make this franchise better, I think brings us together. And really, you know, the fact that I even have so much stuff to talk about on this podcast with 45 episodes so far and who knows how many um, I can do in the future. So many topics to talk about and gush about. And I'm only one person. There's so many other people out there who appreciate the smaller, finer details of, of what we have with this, with this company and with this game franchise that there's just a heap of experiences and nostalgia and different ways that we can appreciate Pokemon and and everything that it's given us to given to us so far. I know that that was messy and I know that it was more of a brain dump than anything, but I hope that you can understand where I'm getting at here. I hope that you can sort of understand that you know, this was sort of what gets me by in the sad reality 
that is creeping up more and more that Pokemon doesn't really care about Pokemon. Um, and, you know, something that I don't like to think about, something that makes me sad, seeing all, seeing the community so torn in the quality of Pokemon Sword and Shield that I think I don't think will ever go away. The, the naysayers towards the decline, the slow decline of Pokemon, which, again, like I said, is a completely valid and understandable argument. Um, and compared to my last episode talking about the negativity towards Sword and Shield, I think I had my anger and the upsetness, <laughs> that's not a word, that I had towards the people who, who felt this way towards Pokemon Sword and Shield and about the games before, uh, you know, prior to them. Um, I think that I let my anger and my, my disappointment get the best of me. And I'm, I'm opening my mind to more of a, okay, well, okay, maybe this is true, but how can we still love and appreciate this franchise for what it is? And, and, you know, really, really take a moment to appreciate what we have, the community that we have, the experience that we've had, um, and, and everything about this absolutely amazing game series and, and everything else that comes from it. With that, I want to say I hope that you can appreciate the, um, the positive light that I'm trying to spread on, on, on Pokemon and the situation that we found ourselves in. Pokemon fans are starved, but at the same time are full bellies every day. Um, and that is partially in thanks to the amazing people that make up this community and the people who say, OK, listen, Game Freak, you suck. I'm going to make a, you know, 10,000 page fan fiction about my favorite Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games with my own characters and my own story. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. You know, um, the same cannot be said about fan games. Um <laughs> you know, they get taken down by Pokemon every day, which is sad, of course. But the fact that there's even people out there who are trying and people who are using their creativity to make such amazing works where Pokemon has failed is solace enough to me that we'll be fine. And and even then, who knows? Like I said, there's still a, there's still some some hope out there that Pokemon will make amazing games in the future. Um and blow our minds away and say, okay, listen, we're sorry. Here's like the best Pokemon game that anyone has ever played in their life. You know, it's a small chance, but it could happen. And I think that that hope is something that we can grasp onto and use as a catalyst to fuel our creativity and our love for Pokemon. I would like to thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this messy heartfelt um discussion about pokemon <laughs> and i think that this is the best way that i can possibly uh get these feelings out is just in a dump of information coming from my brain um just sort of the way that i work and i hope i like i said i hope that you can understand where i'm coming from uh why this is so important to me and why i think that uh an, a mindset like this is something that we need and that i um you know, I recommend that people maybe put a little bit more thought into being appreciative of what we have um, and what could happen in the future. Uh, but like I said, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day and I will catch you in the next one. Have a good Thanksgiving. See you later, y'all. Bye. Bye.